You are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Welcome to Hospitality Insights. Uh, my name is Sam Eric Rutman, and this is a show called Hospitality Insights, where we are talking with and discussing with a number of uh, uh, hoteliers around the world, and we are starting with the Nordic countries. Now, this uh, show is uh, provided by the support of uh, and the collaboration of Malta Hotel and Restaurant Association, particularly their coordination with the winning online uh, courses portal. So I'm very happy to that we are part of their uh, uh, partnership. So uh, this is the, the opportunity for hoteliers and also hotel students around the world to share, learn about uh, the life in, in the hoteliers' life and also to look at what this winning portal can offer them in terms of different kind of online courses. So uh, I have two guests today, and I'm going to bring my first guest, who is uh, Juha Mahunen. He is the managing director for Heiko Manor and Spa. Welcome to the show, Hello. Johan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's great that we have now representation from, uh, from Finland, and particularly this hotel. Uh, the hotel, of course, is very dear to me, but I think for the viewers who may not know, so could you share your, the, the background and history uh, about Heiko Manor? Well, we are a historic manor house hotel. Uh, uh, history dates back 650 years. Uh, we have been a, a hotel, the first manor house hotel in Finland for uh, 55 years now. We are uh, privately owned, uh, independent uh, as of from the very beginning. Um, currently, we have uh, 208 rooms in in uh, seven different room categories. There is the old manor house, our five-star property, and then we have a large conference hotel and spa hotel on the side. Our location is uh, around 50 kilometers from capital Helsinki uh, on the ocean front. So uh, we are a spa conference uh, destination. Very good. So through the history of the hotel and, uh, and Heiko, you have gone, gone in different phases. And uh, uh, can you just go a bit more in detail? What, what are the uh, particular services that you are, uh, you've been provi- you are providing uh, in, in the hotel, the conference center and the spa? Well, as I said, we first opened uh, 1966 as a, I would say, a boutique hotel. Um, just 30 rooms. And then in 1974, it was added with a uh, spa hotel. And then uh, at two stages in 1980s, uh, we built a large conference center. So the total capacity of our, we have 40 uh, conference rooms and uh, the largest one can sit down uh, 450 people. and we have been developing the area. It's a 15-hectare uh, uh, landscape park 
So we have been developing it throughout the years. Uh, there is a, a um, Villa Haiko, a big um, festivity space, uh, a, a building by the sea. There are um, quite a few saunas, as we are in Finland. There uh, are, well, a lot of um, activities. And, uh, and uh, why people come to us, they come to, uh, for the meetings and conferences. Uh, they come uh, on the weekends for the spa and the treatments. We have a large treatment uh, department. And uh, for the good food, uh, traditional uh, manor house uh, cuisine with a twist. I also noticed that uh, you are quite popular for uh, wedding couples. Uh, how, how is that now? during this COVID period? Well, that ha has been, of course, a hard hit. Uh, first, the weddings in the spring, they were postponed to the end of the summer. And then in the end of the summer, uh, as the situation turned worse again, uh, after a very successful summer, um, we unfortunately got a lot of cancellations and, uh, and uh, some of them postponed for the next year. So what happens is that our sales department, they might do uh, rebook uh, the, uh, the wedding uh, plan for three times. And then uh, in the end of the day, the customer even cancels. So we have done a lot of work and uh, no revenue. But uh, usually on the normal times, uh, we do have a lot of weddings, uh, even uh, four different weddings at the same time. So I've heard the stories about the wedding guests going uh, participating the wrong weddings because they did they were <laughs> they were mistaken. Oh, well, uh, then I think the, because this is a I mean, you are you're, you're a hotelier who has been seen a lot, uh, ranging from the. Uh, Chernobyl and, and the effect on the hotel business during that time and now this uh, global uh, event that uh, affects everyone. What has been some particular difficult challenges that uh, for you, yourself, for the organization and the hotel that you have to face and, and uh, how do you dealing with that? Maybe you can share some of your, of your thoughts that uh, will be helpful for the people who are, are viewing you this show today. Yeah. Well, I've been 38 years in the business uh, this far and, and seen, as you said, uh, a lot of uh, depressions uh, um, and ups and downs. But uh, definitely this COVID-19 has been uh, the biggest challenge during my career. Um, you know, it is uh, because of the uncertainty. Uh, in the spring and early summer, we already thought that it would be over as the summer was um, quite all right, eventually we made a record uh, a GOP on the, in the month, month of uh, July. But, uh, but the uncertainty about the conferences as well, all the big large conferences were cancelled. We have uh, only uh, small meetings now. But meanwhile, all the, the, uh, our customers, they learn to use uh, devices um, like this we are at the moment. So... Uh, Zoom and Teams and all these are in, in, in use. And what will what is the future for hotel conferences, uh, big conventions that remains to be seen? Same time, we are in the Nordics, and you know there is the uh, uh, the question about the labor because we were even forced to close for almost three months. And uh, luckily here we can put the people on a furlough, 
but uh, but um, uh, for example uh, firing you know dismissing a person is extremely uh, uh, expensive here in Finland and the labor cost is very high yeah but what has so from uh, from the uh, what have you noticed in terms of uh, what are the customer expectations are we uh, customer expectations and what have they been asking for particularly now uh, when they've been coming back to the hotel during this period well we have been since we opened on the um, june 6th we have been uh, very thoroughly followed up all the instructions of the authorities and uh, you know there is this question about using masks it, there there was not a there was no a rule here in finland for example using masks so we used them for the uh, for the month of uh, june then uh, we skipped the masks from our staff for the month of july and now we are using them again um uh, the uh, so it's a little bit of a mixed message for our customers as well uh, there were one part of the clientele didn't know uh, or like the uh, masks at all um so all the security measures have been in place it looked like that, that as so many um, customers had been in this uh, uh, lockdown when they came uh, to our property you know spa and the park and the restaurants they uh, some of them behaved like um, they had never been any pandemic and uh, you know guiding them back uh, uh, to their places uh, was and has been and still is somewhat a challenge yeah on the other hand there is a majority that understands all the restrictions that you know we can only have half of the tables uh, in use in the restaurant hall which is of course a loss of revenue as well sure sure but it also my uh, but the impact on on the, the staff uh, 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 their emotions and also the, the some sort of a st- stress factor that they are going through how are you dealing with that? I mean, because you are the leadership leader there, what are the things that you are doing that to keep things calm even during this very difficult period? As I mentioned, we are a family company, so uh, uh, our owner family has been taking very good care of the, uh, our employees as of uh, um, the beginning of the history of the hotel, and uh, and uh, uh, this ha- it has been very difficult now to uh, maintain kind of the level of of uh, uh, t- taking care of the employees as they have been away for for months um, but they have been very happy to come back and you know then it's my job to you know to uh, uh, raise up the spirit and and uh, uh, you know show the flag and uh, uh, tell them that uh, we are going to overcome this crisis as well Sure. When it comes to, uh, to the kind of services uh, that uh, you are providing at the moment, is anything that you are now doing di- uh, differently to what you uh, would have done uh, before uh, the COVID? I mean, in terms of the kind of services that you are extending to the to the customer, or is that is it other, otherwise like business as usual for you? Well, you can't um, um, call it business as usual when you have so many restrictions, uh, of course. But uh, but you know uh, we haven't tr- uh, tried to kind of reinvent the wheel. Pe- uh, people come here because they know that you know we are in a, a large park and you know uh, the conference rooms. We have a large conference rooms, so 
you know, in a room that we could uh, sit uh, 200 people, we might have now a meeting of uh, 20 people. So the social distancing is in definitely in place. Um, um, well, uh, of course, it's all the hygiene, all these kind of things that we do a new way, but we haven't tried to uh, uh, make a kind of a new concepts like uh, like takeaway food uh, would not work with us. You know, we are uh, not in the middle of nowhere, but uh, but we are a little bit uh, further away from the from the masses, from the from the city, big city. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so it's basically small things that matter when the, uh, uh, people arrive here. Right. What is the sort of what is sort of the small things that you talk about uh, when it. Uh, in creating that experience for the customer that they, they would appreciate? Well, it's uh, it's uh, about the security, safety and security that the people feel that the, that uh, uh, everything is uh, handled uh, properly. You know, when they're being guided to the uh, conference room, they see that, you know, the distances, the seating, uh, you know, there is this disinfection uh, liquids uh, in place. Uh, we even have small bottles of... Uh, uh, of uh, the uh, uh, the uh, disinfectant, uh, you know, uh, given to the customers uh, to put in their pockets. It, these kind of things uh, uh, matter. Sure, sure. Now, looking ahead, looking at the future, which might, might, it must be a very blurry picture here. How do you deal with any kind of forecasting? Uh, do you go? Are you looking a week at the time, or a month at a time, or you just kind of see? What's coming, and then you react accordingly. How how is how is your thinking about that? Well, there are two things. One is you know they're looking at the situation right now here. Um, you know, and you know even that one week looks like a, a long distance uh, planning. Uh, you know, we we might have on Monday we look. Oh my God! The, you know the uh, the Friday is half empty. But it will fill in, you know, the bookings come in during the week. And and uh, what happens currently that, uh, you know, our weekends are fully booked or close to fully booked and our weekdays are unfortunately quite empty. Yeah. Then there's another uh, story about uh, uh, long distance planning, uh, uh, long range planning about, uh, you know, what will happen, how is the budgeting next year or we even uh, we are at the moment even planning our uh, long-term five-year plan. You know uh, what will change in the world around us and how we should change. We talk, then we talk about the digital. Uh, what is the uh, digitalization uh, uh, and uh, such things? Like how should what are the products we are going to sell in the future? Um, and and in which which channels are we going to use and so on? Right, right. How, any 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 thoughts on how do you do? How do you communicate with your with your uh, customers uh, or the, the potential customers in order to keep keep uh, Heiko in their in their thoughts next time they're planning of traveling? What are the things you are doing? Uh, we are quite successful in social media, uh, first of all. You know, I think that uh, we have uh, in uh, Facebook, uh, we have uh, among the hotel hotels in Finland, I think we are in the top three. Uh, and, you know, the, the top companies are uh, eventually large, very well-known cha hotel chains. So, uh, so that's one uh, cost-efficient way of communicating. 
Uh, and then we approach by, you know, uh, pre and uh, post uh, mails, uh, emails. So uh, electric uh, e-commerce, so to say, is the way of uh, uh, doing things today. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I, I mean, I noticed that uh, the hotels who are active uh, on various uh, social media platforms are up in upfront. I mean, they, they are... Uh, it's, people's memory anyway is short, but if you are if you are active there, I think that may, makes a great deal of difference. And and uh, with the history of uh, the long history that your hotel has, I mean it's uh, it's a it's a well known brand, well known hotel. So it's uh, it's usually where my, one of my friends when, we, when they talk about well they're planning a they're planning a wedding for their daughter or or uh, niece and, and so on. Usually Heiko is one that they they think about lot because that's uh, the, the fame that you have developed over the years. Exactly. The, uh, the, we are a very romantic place, you know, the old 100-year-old uh, manor house uh, uh, with the high-class uh, butler service and all this um, creates also in the Instagram, it, you know, we get a lot of pictures there, photos that are, you know, we don't need to take the photos ourselves. Our customers are doing it for us. Well, that's great. That's, that's the best compliment. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe uh, should be reminded to our international audience that uh, uh, we are located uh, uh, next to Helsinki, but uh, so we haven't been suffering uh, as much maybe than the uh, downtown hotels throughout Europe uh, uh, because uh, the uh, we have the spa and then we have about eighty percent of our customers are um, domestic travel. So uh, what we are eventually mostly missing are the uh, large international conferences. Right, right. I, I remember a uh, long time ago <clears throat> when I had the pleasure of uh, starting my career there, there was, used to be a famous ghost uh, in Haigon Kartor. Is there still one around to keep people a little bit uh, on the edge? Yes, uh, there is. And besides, you know, uh, during the lockdown, when we had the, the hotel completely closed, so eventually we had to buy a gate, a physical metal gate uh, in, the, the, uh, in, uh, in the gate of the uh, entering the hotel. And me uh, and my wife, we were staying in the empty hotel um, uh, every second weekend. And the owner, Mr. Veiko Vorestov, was staying every second weekend uh, there. And uh, believe me, uh, sometimes uh, it was a bit scary, you know, to walk along the long corridors there and you knowing that you have this empty park uh, around you, uh, uh, but luckily I had my wife as a bodyguard. <laughs> that's, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. I have I have some memories when I was working there initially because I was also doing working in the nights, and it was a little bit scary because the the floors were cracking a little bit in some parts, and you kind of yes. worry that well, who is there? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, great. You have th thank you. This is uh, uh, thank you very much. We will now. Uh, if you just stay with us, and I will now uh, uh, turn over to, to uh, Peter Hog Peterson in Copenhagen, and then we'll get together here uh, shortly again for a, a final discussion. So thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm very fine, Sam. Uh, thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity to participate today. Well, it's, uh, it's really great that you take the time and uh, you are in a very unique uh, circumstance uh, compared to a lot of people that you, are, you have uh, opened a hotel. So uh, could you share with the viewers uh, uh, 
uh, about Villa Copenhagen and uh, a little bit the background uh, compared to what, where you are now. Uh, certainly, uh, Villa Copenhagen recently opened uh, July 1st, so we are four months uh, into operation now after uh, a bit more than two years of uh, pre-opening work uh, leading up to, uh, to the opening. Um, we are located uh, right in the middle next to the, of Copenhagen, next to the central station. So you can basically take the S train, the regional train, international trains and the metro uh, at our doorsteps. Uh, we have Tivoli uh, across the street, uh, so they are our immediate neighbor on that side. And we are actually, uh, we have redeveloped uh, the old central post administration building uh, for Denmark, uh, which is a 25,000 square meter uh, building uh, that dates back, uh, it was actually completed and inaugurated in 1912 and operated as the uh, administration for Danish Mail, uh, for uh, the best of uh, 105, six years um, until uh, our developer uh, took over the place in 2016, 17 and started the project uh, to become uh, Villa Copenhagen. Um, as you mentioned, we're in a bit of a different situation. Uh, we had the team uh, ready to go uh, with 180 employees at different levels of, of, of contracts, uh, managers, uh, mid-managers, uh, full-time, part-time contracts uh, by end uh, of uh, February this year. Uh, we, we basically put ink on the last contract. And then uh, hitting into March, uh, all this, um, uh, shall we call it, the corona craziness uh, started, uh, took us all by surprise, uh, forced us to uh, establish some procedures to handle because we had applicants or, or newcoming employees that was supposed to start with us uh, early March and mid-March, and they were stranded, some of them, in, in skiing vacations around Europe. So we had to uh, already advise them that if they had already traveled, they would be quarantined when they got home and all this. And, and we got a bit uh, scared back and forth as we found our way um, in, in, in this new situation and, and, and learned about it uh, like, like the rest of you did uh, at that time. Uh, subsequently, we then had to delay the opening uh, some months because uh, the last delivery for the hotels, the last work and uh, craftsmanship uh, was was uh, delayed uh, because of the same uh, restrictions <clears throat> that was enforced on the country. And uh, we, we then finally opened um, on July 1st. Now, in the meantime, we had uh, most of the people still on the payroll or some people still on the payroll we were availing of some uh, helping uh, financial helping packages that the government was giving us. But we also had to uh, downsize the organization already before the opening in anticipation of a, of a much lesser summer than, uh, than we had budgeted, of course. Uh, so uh, in all the joy, in all the build-up, in all the hype that you try to create for your brand, for your employer branding, amongst the team and everything, we already, before the opening, went through uh, a bit of a roller coaster, uh, a bit of an emotional uh, roller coaster, to say the least, and unfortunately had to say goodbye to many great employees that we had spent a lot of time recruiting and telling about Villa Copenhagen and so on. So, you know, in, in the joy of opening, we were, we, we, we were missing a lot of great people that we had counted on. So... Uh, that gave, uh, of course, a bit of an extra burden, uh, if not anything, then emotionally. Uh, yeah. 
how, how have you dealt? I mean, this is a very uh, dramatic times, but then uh, uh, in order to get the, the staff fired up again, uh, uh, to uh, is it, was it difficult to get them uh, on their feet again and when you started to open, or was it something that you have to work very hard to get them motivated? I, I we, we had tried to have a very open uh, flow of information already as a part of our build-up, as a part of creating this Villa Copenhagen culture. Uh, so I, I tried to keep them as close to me as I could. Uh, even when we were in lockdown and people were working from home, we were using technology to go online to do meetings like this, even with more people. Uh, but we were also using uh, apps to post videos to keep them informed what was going on. Uh, if I had visited the site, I will I will share a video from in here telling people, you know, we were looking forward trying to keep people in the loop of, of what would be the opening date because we were we were in fact considering the opening first. It was the first of April. Then we moved it to the fifteenth of May. Then we looked at twenty fifth. No, then we looked at first of June. Then we looked at twenty fifth of June, and then it ended up being first of July. So. You can imagine there was a lot of uh, painkillers that needed to be taken in, in, in that period. Uh, but um, uh, I, I think they coped fantastic. And when we opened, uh, it was very low key in the sense that we had also spent a lot of time and dare I say money uh, trying to uh, work on a huge opening party, which never happened, uh, which, which also would not have been in, in the spirit of the whole situation to do something like this. So our owner from Norway came down and we spent some days with some media, some, some partners uh, of the hotel and, of course, uh, guests and employees. And, and we made a, a bit more of a tete-a-tete -tete, uh, opening uh, ceremony on the day of the opening. And then we were straight into July, into the summer season, that, that with all the restrictions that there was, was thrown at Copenhagen with a minimum of, of a six-day stay, um, with, with most countries not able to travel here, and so on, actually gave us a 55% occupancy in the first months. Um, uh, so, so, so we were very, very fast kept busy operating Villa Copenhagen, um, uh, for better, for worse, because, of course, uh, we were now uh, much less staffed than what we had thought about. We, we didn't know how the ins and out of the, of the operation would work, how our procedures would work. You know, when you open a new hotel, you think, okay, the kitchen is built and five executive chefs they have looked at the location of the deep fat fryer and whatnot and still it doesn't work or you know so 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 you will you will you will have those kind of challenges uh and 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 and, and it is indeed learning by doing and and it was a lot of that and the parts of the hotel was not complete so we had to keep guests out of that and at the same time allowing for uh, workers to come in and, and and complete and so on and 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 we also uh, quite uh, we were we were also very much aware that if this corona just lasted a little longer than we than we thought then then this was this this month of summers uh, was the opportunity for us to make some revenue so so we didn't want to we didn't want to turn any revenue down either uh, so it was a uh, uh, huge conflict of interest a great a great period but a very stressful period uh, yeah uh, okay, that's very, very, very interesting. Now, uh, where is your, uh, uh, where is your customers coming from? Are they mostly domestic, or do some some people travel across the board to visit you? 
So uh, we, we saw, of course, an influx of, of, of Danish business because everybody else we uh, was was not allowed to travel. Um, shortly after the opening, uh, the government of Denmark and Norway did agree that uh, we could visit each other. So we had quite a few uh, Norwegians uh, coming down. Um, we also uh, did a lot of PR in Norway, as as this was um, was then all of a sudden a very um, in attractive market for us. Uh, most of our, our neighboring Scandinavian countries, they love to come to Copenhagen. And uh, for those of you who are a little bit aware of the uh, hotel industry uh, here, we'll also know that our owner and investor is Norwegian and, and, and quite um, a personality in his own uh, home country. So therefore, we took that opportunity to use uh, some of his uh, PR mileage and uh, spend a lot of uh, PR in Norway, um, so so quite a few Norwegians came, and 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 you know talking about the uh, channels uh, where the business is coming from, we spend a lot of uh, uh, time on social media. We did targeted sponsoring ads uh, in and around Oslo and other places from where you could easily travel to uh, to Copenhagen. So um, so that was a bit of sales and marketing for you there. Uh, but apart from that, it was Danish uh, clients coming. No, that's great. Uh, I, uh, we have a couple of here comments uh, from the viewers here. We have uh, Kevork Deldelian, who is based in, in Dubai. So he's saying that, uh, thank you for sharing. The presented perspective is very much a mirror of our situation in the Middle East. It just emphasizes how much the hospitality industry globally is one and the same. So isn't that true? That's also, he just mentioned that during... You, what you have was saying and you are saying. So we are, we all, all are in the same similar situation worldwide, and that's why it's so good to have a chance to talk to different colleagues around the world to to share some inspiration and also what are what are everyone is going through. Uh, we also have uh, uh, Max von Hellens. He's based here in 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 Finland. He's a great start for Villa Copenhagen. Then so he's giving giving you a big smile and a thumbs up. So that's a nice you. comment for you. I'd like I'm to also now take the opportunity to uh, uh, thank our collaborators who are uh, Malta Hotel and Restaurant Association, who with the winning portal providing online courses are, are supporting our in a partnership that could make this uh, show happen. So let's uh, look at a little bit uh, about the future. Where do you, uh, if it's possible to at all to see the future around the corner um, where do you think things are developing from your point of view for Villa Copenhagen? What are your aspirations for the hotel? Well, I can, I can start with a very short, uh, short-term future. As I've been sitting here listening to, uh, to uh, my colleague from Finland, uh, messages are ticking in that Denmark is now closing for greater parts of Sweden. The rest of Germany is, is closed down as well. Uh, and our prime minister is likely going online uh, or on air uh, anytime soon to uh, to cancel the much beloved Christmas celebration lunches for companies and so on in a traditional way. So here goes the rest of our F&B uh, revenue, unfortunately. So you know, the, at at the current moment, uh, Sam, I'm in a we we are in a business planning and we are in a budget season and we are looking at next year. And, and words like strategy is used a lot. And as I was on my bike this morning in Copenhagen, I thought to myself, 
the, the only word you cannot use uh, looking into the future at the moment is strategy because strategy is, uh, is, is, is similar to something you will uh, look at as a, as a type of a long-term planning, you know, and a, you know, a guided road that you build for yourself and all this. And if there's anything you can't do at the moment is taking a, a, a really long-term perspective on m many things. You have to be able to um, run ahead and run backwards within uh, maybe the, the, the same second or left and right or whichever uh, comparison you like the most. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really down to flexibility. It's really down to keeping, uh, I, I think, um, and, 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 you know, the clients that you have, keep, keep them very close to you, see if they have other needs or if they know anybody else and, and, and that you could help also. Um, I, I'm not saying I have a dire or a doom and gloom view of the future because I do think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just very curious to see how long that tunnel is. Yeah, isn't it? I know that you're, you're very active on, on uh, digital platforms. Could you share your approach of uh, reaching your customers on the various platforms, uh, social media or what other digital platforms you're using? I, I think that uh, back in March where and April, May, where we were, uh, all of, many of us were working from home, uh, either because of lockdown or because of companies said that they didn't want to gather people or whichever, we were really encouraged to work at home. Uh, life and work life took a different uh, turn. Uh, we were all sitting at the sofa at night, uh, still on some type of uh, online device. Um, I know that I bought some toys for my uh, kids uh, for the first time. I bought wine online for the first time uh, while I was sitting there. So I, I already then saw that you know some behavior is certainly changing. And it seems like we're all uh, eager to post something and share what we were doing because we were not doing it in other ways. And we were doing it a lot in medias like this uh, we are using right now. So bottom line is that everybody became his own little webmaster and therefore your screen time went up, I think, quickly. Um, and, and, and that was the only way we could communicate. We couldn't do sales calls like we have done before. Uh, we did a lot of PR in the U.S., uh, do uh, through preferred hotels, uh, and that was great. Uh, that, that that gave us an enormous exposure, but we couldn't share it with anybody unless we posted it on on our online channels, and we did, and we shared it, and we encouraged the staff to do the same. So we took an approach that our life need to be on those channels: Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn is getting uh, much bigger now. We get many requests. I get many personal messages. Uh, from 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 the network who ask if they can come in and have a tour of the house or if they can indeed book a Christmas lunch just for eight people and if we can do a little meeting and and, and all that and and we saw with all the campaigns that our mother company did and we did uh, we saw a huge change in traffic in channel traffic away from the eight and into the uh, into our own website which is, of course, uh, the strategy or the, the, the tactics we've been working on for years. Uh, uh, so we weren't getting that much business as what we would have had without Corona, but we certainly uh, changed the, the channel mix uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a positive way for, for us hoteliers who have spent a lot of time seeing how we could 
perhaps decrease uh, the traffic from the OTAs a bit and and thereby the uh, the sales commissions that we're paying. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that because it's also that's something that uh, uh, I'm quite interested in to see and I, I also enjoy encouraging hotels to, to use those tools. And uh, prior to COVID-19, uh, this was not very much a priority, but it's certainly life changed as of the time when the COVID came. And then now you can see the hotels that are uh, successful now and in the future are the ones that have uh, taking the opportunity to to spend more time and and uh, and uh, use those channels to communicate with the customers and and also that's the way they can elevate the brand and it's as you mentioned it's very very cost effective. It's very cost effective and 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 of course you need to you need to look at hotel marketing at at a, at a total different way than you do originally. Uh, where where hotel sales and marketing was a bit, or hotel marketing was an offspring of sales. It was barely its own department. It was perhaps a person, just one person. And 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 during that period, I actually had four people working in marketing because we need to create content for these uh, channels. And and for us, with this wonderful product here, and and wanting to be in in the up uh, scale uh, segment. Uh, storytelling is a big deal um, and, and, and we need to of course show that we have fantastic rooms and great food and all this but we need to approach the neighborhood where we located we need to help selling the destination Copenhagen and we need to make sure that people understand that in, in our case that we are a little bit less traditional than than other five-star hotels trying to be very open for the Copenhageners to come in and and use the place especially because we knew that we could not in the next months, fill it with hotel guests. So, you know, we wanted it to be open uh, for somebody who just want to drop by with his laptop and sit and work for an afternoon or have a business meeting casually in, in the courtyard, as we call our lobby and, and, and so on. So so we needed to talk to uh, our audience out there in a different way than just, you know, posting a picture of a nice burger and a Carlsberg beer. You know, uh, it's, it takes a lot more than that uh, these days. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Peter, for your for your uh, input here. So I'm gonna bring uh, Johan now into, into a, a quick, uh, our, the scene so we can have con continue our chat a little bit here between uh, the three of us here. So uh, one thing that I'm, I'm interested to know, uh, because I've heard uh, about uh, how many people are uh, considering that they will leave the industry because one side I think at furlough and uh, maybe short-sightedly they they are uh, don't see the future in hospitality. So of course I need I need you guys to <laughs> give some word of encouragement. What does the hospitality mean to you? You have to start. Wow, that that's a, um, a quite a question. What is hospitality for me? You know, after so many years in business, I still you know there is not one day similar to another, and and you know still. You know, it's um, uh, loving this business uh, makes me going ahead. Um, for the for the young people, I would still um, try to convince them about uh, the future of the business because there's an old saying that uh, tourism can can uh, get ill, but it never dies. And you know, during this uh, lockdown, we all have noticed how important part of our lives is traveling and seeing uh, new environments and meeting new people. And this won't uh, be uh, uh, placed by by electric devices. 
as nice it is, as it is to talk with you guys now uh, through this box but uh, but um, yeah the uh, hotel industry and tourism in general they, it definitely has a future yeah uh, what do you say Peter? what are your thoughts on that yeah i i, I was listening to a, a webcast uh, this uh, this early afternoon from our own uh, investor and owner, Peter Stordal in, in Norway. And he said that he's very optimistic because the traveling and international traveling and tourism was a mega trend before the Corona uh, that nobody believed in after September 11, uh, 2001. And it came back in full force. And, and, and I certainly think he's right. Um, and, I, and, and I hope he's right, uh, of course. I, I do think that more meetings will take place like this than previously. And unfortunately, where we have our bread and butter is, uh, is in selling meeting rooms and guest rooms and, and, and meals at restaurants and breakfast and so on. So some of that, there I do see a change. I also see a change that some people, some companies will, let much, will have a much more relaxed approach to letting their, some of their people work from home. And maybe, uh, you know, there will be some behavioral changes going forward. Now, for me personally, I would, of course, admit, and I say that also to my staff, that just like them, I've also been on my sofa fearing for my own job. Of course I have. And of course, I mean, I you know, uh, investors may be very well bolstered and, 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 and ready to go through uh, a long period or uh, but there's a limit to uh, to cash flow and uh, and, and so on so uh, we all need to uh, look at ourselves I think and, and 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 consider the risk of our own behalf now I know that what I'm doing is what I like to do uh, uh, opening and operating uh, fantastic properties like this um, I couldn't think about something else uh, at the moment. On the other hand, I am curious. So, so uh, I, I would never say never. And, and if this would be a step change to something else at some point, okay, that's, uh, I, I hope it would be something that gives me the same passion as this, but and then, then it will be fine. But of course, um, uh, hospitality have been my life since I was 17. Uh, and now I'm 53, so that's quite a few years also, as you can imagine, and uh, that, that's what I do. Yeah, very good, very good. Now, um, just as a final question, what have you learned about yourself during this period that, uh, or that you maybe it wasn't so obvious, but now particularly during this COVID-19 period, is maybe something that you have learned about yourself uh, that you're willing to share with the audience? Juha. Well, as I said in the beginning, that this has been the, 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 the maybe the hardest uh, challenge during my career, um, especially because of you know uh, when you have to uh, let people go, uh, dismiss people uh, without their you know own fault. Um, you know, the it, it's always uh, equally. Um, bad feeling you're for yourself as well. So, uh, so in, in these situations, you know, you have to remember to take care of yourself as well, and you know, your your family and loved ones. So, you know, 
giving a telephone call to your uh, your cousin that you haven't been calling for a while uh, and and thinking something completely different some other things so that you would uh, for momentarily forget the misery that you might uh, face uh, uh, when uh, when working in the hotel so so maybe this this was one uh, discovery uh, that i've done um, my, myself but you know being an optimist i i i believe that you know even if the conference on my business will will suffer you know it will bounce back maybe in a little bit different form and uh, and yeah in general i'm i'm an optimist so so looking forward to the the years maybe we we will have a year or two hard times but then the sun sun will shine again thank you and how about you peter Well, I, 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 I go back to what I think my father told me uh, many, many years ago, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And it, it sounds a little bit like a, 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 an overused advice from an old fox. And let me try not to sound so much like an old fox then. Um, but, but what I felt was that, uh, boy, was I thankful that I spent five years in Egypt, that I worked in China, that I worked in Philippines, where the the road wasn't always uh, as we are used to here and and the expectations. I was sitting in in an opening in uh, Sham el-Sheikh in 2001 when the Twin Towers, they went down and I said goodbye to the entire management team uh, over the next week. Um, and, uh, and then came uh, various uh, wars in the Middle East and various attacks, uh, both in, in Sinai Peninsula and every time we had a huge drop in business and every time I had to downsize uh, the organization. And, and, and I'm not saying you're getting used to that because you don't. Uh, it's, it's hard on you because you choose to have people around you that you like and that works well and, 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 and you share. And especially in destinations like this, I think you tend to get very close to your teams. Um, but I could feel that that, that experience luggage I had having gone through those that came in very handy for me when when the shit hit the fan here in march uh, because I, I i i very fast uh felt i knew what i had to do yeah uh, uh, and and that was and that that was still not a great feeling but i was not uh i i felt i wasn't panicking because i I'd, I'd seen similar before now um this one turned to be a lot longer than what I've seen before. So uh, we are still in it. Uh, but um, it, it just showed me that some experience, and not always a nice experience, but just experience um, in, in various things, uh, various corners of our business uh, is something you pile up and it, it becomes useful, useful for you at some point. Thanks for joining us this week on the Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website, b8bhospitality.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we appreciate rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.